This is the FM Gold Channel of All India Radio. In the weekly program Money Talk, now we bring you a discussion on banning of unregulated deposit scheme bill. The participants are A.K. Bhattacharya, economic analyst, and Arya Madan Mohan, journalist. Today on the program, we're going to look at the new bill which seeks to ban unregulated deposit schemes. So, can you tell us a little bit about this, the bill? What's the need for this and uh, the origin of this bill, perhaps? Well, in brief, we have got around nine regulators in the country who look at uh, the question of who and which company or which groups of individuals are collecting deposits and whether they are honoring the faith with which the deposits were made. Now, you have got Reserve Bank of India, a regulator, which looks at the non-bank financing companies when they take deposits. You have got the Securities and Exchange Board of India when they take deposits through mutual funds and various schemes from market. So that CB regulates that deposit taking. Non-convertible debentures, etc. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Then you have got the state governments and Union Territories government which look at the chit funds. When the chit funds have to be registered with the state governments. Then you have got the Ministry of Corporate Affairs which also acts as a regulator for schemes such as what we would call the collective investment schemes when a group of people get together and want to raise some money for business purposes. So there are like this, there are nine different kind of regulators who look at this. Now what happens is that people's ingenuity is such that they look at all kind of opportunities and gaps in the system to raise money without coming under any of these regulations. So this bill, my view, is a historic bill because it plugs a regulatory vacuum or a regulatory gap. Because right now what is to happen is that, let us say, in a place in Jharkhand, one small town, somebody wants to raise some money and it gets together, gets some money, doesn't register himself or herself or itself with any regulator, but goes away scot-free if he or she does not return that money. So people don't know who to approach. They go to the police station. Police station says, there is no law under which I can take action except cheating. Now this bill, which explicitly bans any unregulated deposit taking. In other words, if you have to take some deposits, you have to come under those different laws under which the RBI or the SEBI or the Government of India Ministry of Corporate Affairs or the state governments, they are operating those schemes. So therefore, this is, to my mind, a law that will be able to take cognizance of any unregulated deposit-taking activities and take people courts or to for taking the necessary preventive measures and also penal measures against those who take recourse to these schemes. Actually, sir, when you look at the process, I remember probably maybe 20 years ago, so there were things doing the rounds like put 1,000 rupees and get 2,000 rupees in one year. So that potentially could have been some kind of, with those rates of interest, I guess the first thing that alerts you to that kind of activity is that the rate of interest is just phenomenal and, of course, irresistible to people who are not knowledgeable about finance, which means most of the laymen. And uh, so then how does it work? The, The deposit taker takes the money and then does he what does he do with the money well what he does is that he is obviously promising the moon 
and then he is hoping that he will be able to redeploy that money in some ways to somebody else relearn that money and hopefully he will either get some quick return or he will keep running that scheme and uh, keep uh, returning your money from that money that he received from number two person. So this exactly like a Ponzi scheme. But basically Ponzi was, I think, an American crook, wasn't he? Absolutely. And he tried this. So he, he tried. also called pyramid scheme. Pyramid right? scheme, absolutely. Yes. Yes. Now what happens is that with this law, every state government in the country and at the center, you have to have a competent authority. Now the competent authority, officer designated by the government, that officer will be empowered to take necessary action as a government representative against such unregulated deposit-taking schemes. There are severe penal measures. For example, if somebody is reported that has taken deposits without being registered, in other words, unregulated, so moment it is brought to the competent authorities' notice, instead of you going to the police, you can go to the competent authorities, his office, and that office will immediately swing into action and take necessary steps under the, this new law. Okay. Right now what is to happen is the state government, the police were not sure under what provisions of the law an action can be taken against against that unregulated deposit-taking company or group of people. And when you look at it, actually, this is in everyone's interest because even genuine deposit-takers don't want to have a doubt in people's minds about their own ability to repay. Now, this effectively means since that is going to be penalized, that's unregulated raising of uh, deposits. So even people who are regulated and who are taking deposits, they don't have to worry that laymen won't think they won't get the money back. You hit the nail on the head that what happens to, let us say, a small company. A small company wants to raise some money. Now it goes out and starts receiving money without getting itself registered with the Ministry of Corporate Affairs or the state government body which is assigned for it and raises that money as an unregulated deposit. Now with this law in place, you will have that competent authority which can immediately take cognizance of this violation. Actually, the provisions are very, very stringent. The person who takes deposit without it being regulated can actually spend years in jail. So this is one economic offense where criminal liability is imposed. So you have an committing an economic offense, but the consequences are of going to jail and the criminal proceedings will be initiated against you. Actually, there's no downside on this law. I was just wondering in a particular case, let's say, for instance, a small company looks at the costs which it would have to bear in raising regulated deposits. And then it looks at the costs of raising unregulated deposits, even if its intentions are actually good. So it says, unregulated deposits, I don't have to get the permission of anyone, so the cost would probably be low. In a sense, the downside that you mentioned, yes, the cost of raising money will go up a bit because you need to get the regulatory compliance. You have to get yourself registered. For many groups of businessmen or small company even, they would go out and raise money directly without getting regulated. The downside there was that raising money in that manner was not justiciable. In a sense, if the money is taken from you and me and that money is not returned, and if I go to, I have no authority to look forward to. The only recourse for me is to go to police and the police may also say, that, listen, this is an economic offense. 
under which there is no provision. So only way I can book him is under cheating or something like that, for which I need to produce some paper, something like that. So all those cases. But now you have got a clear law that, listen, this is an unregulated deposit-taking exercise that was going on. These are not registered with any of those nine regulators. So therefore, this is unregulated and therefore action can be taken and the competent authority under this law is empowered to initiate proceedings against him. Right, sir. This doesn't stand on its own. This is part of a slew of a number of different measures that the government is taking and has taken, uh, including the NCLAT, the, basically the bankruptcy procedure. Say, for instance, which companies have raised perhaps non-convertible debenture money and are not repaying their, the, borrow, the, the lenders, the people like us. The other ones that you see basically dovetailing into this to protect people well, overall. You know, actually protecting that segment of, of society and in the smallest of small towns where regulation has not reached. Therefore, in a small village, small, no tiny unit which is taking money but taking money in a manner that by which uh, the deposit giver has no assurance. Now as we discussed that yes it does raise the cost of raising money but it is also matter of some concern that compliance gets better now. Now in a sense what happens is that yes if compliance is low then your cost is also low but if compliance is low your risks are also high, high and the social risks are even higher because what happens to village widow with whatever savings she has got and she gives this money to an unregulated deposit taker, Yes. now at least you can be assured that it will not happen that way. And positive of this move would be probably that village lady who was earlier wooed away by this unregulated deposit taker will probably run towards more 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 eagerly towards the bank. Deposit the money in the fixed deposit where she is feeling more safe and she will remain more safe even though the rate of return may be lower. So therefore it is a question about compliance. It is a question about safety. Of course the cost of raising deposit for some people will go up but I think that's the price that economy and society must pay yes. when it comes to safety and compliance. So one question, do you, do you believe, you said this is a gap in the earlier regulatory framework. Do you see any further such gaps that need to be filled in relation to raising of money for by companies or by individuals? Well, as of now, it seems to me that you have broadly covered the tracks. In a sense, this was also regulatory gap-like situation because the laws were overlapping. In a sense, there were state laws, there were central laws, there were central regulators, there were state regulators, and the state government is also a regulator in this case. So, as a result of which, things were falling into cracks. And with this law, I think those cracks are sought to be so covered. And one cannot say that what would be the other uh, regulatory gaps still remaining in the system. Until they I happen, I guess. Until they happen. But I think broadly speaking, it will also send positive signal to the organized sector entities like banks, like mutual funds, like even chit funds, which are registered chit funds, non-banking finance companies. And people will be more encouraged to deposit their money because they will realize that unregulated deposit is more risky. more risky. So comparing the, do you have any numbers in terms of the, say for instance, the government at the moment, naturally we have a bit of a crunch within the NBFC world. 
So I was wondering if the overall sum of money which has been lent through unregulated deposit schemes, if that would in any way serve to prop up the NBFCs were it to be channeled through more regulated entities. So do you have any idea about the total market share of these unregulated deposit schemes when as opposed to regulated deposit schemes like what we've just mentioned? Well, you know, I mean, by its very nature, unregulated deposit schemes are not uh, monitored. There are various estimates. There are some estimates that say that it is more than 10 lakh crore or so like that. But these are not verifiable figures. But it is very clear that uh, large segments of uh, small, tiny cottage industries, units, they actually rely on the unregulated deposits right. schemes. Right. Now, you might argue that uh, you, know, you are choking off the deposit raising ability of these small units, but as I said, that this is the small price that you pay by formalizing the economy by increasing compliance and yes. introducing safety norms and ensuring that the competent authority is in place who and and that body can can look into an issue and you don't have to go to the police station to register your complaint. You can go to the competent authority. So, so one, very briefly, we don't have about a minute left, but I was just wondering uh, if you could very briefly enunciate what do you think the government will do now? Will it actually go to the villages and say, okay, we know that person A, B, and C, or company A, B, and C have in the past been doing this unregulated activity. You must stop it now. Will they seek to educate? I think there is need for an awareness campaign. There is need for an education campaign because the effectiveness of the law will also depend on how well and how soon can you educate the people in the villages and the smaller towns that unregulated deposit scheme is neither good for those who give the deposits not for those who take the deposit now that this law is in place. So you are right, it requires proper awareness and education campaign in smaller towns and villages. Thank you very much. You were listening to a discussion on banning of unregulated deposit scheme bill. The participants were A.K. Bhattacharya, economic analyst and Arya Madan Mohan, journalist. This program was produced and presented by the News Services Division of All India Radio. You can also listen to this program on our website, newsonair.org. You may email your opinion about this program at airnsdtalks at gmail.com.